Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Well, I hope you got some notes available. We're in this book of 1 Thessalonians, and Paul continues to encourage these people. He's writing to a group of people that are new in the faith, that are going through some strong persecution, that have some questions about things, and so he's trying to give them some stability by encouraging them, by instructing them, and by letting him know Here, here's how things go and here's how things work. So we're going to begin in chapter 3 tonight, and we're going to begin with Paul's concern, his concern. He comes to that place where he expresses to them, okay, you're doing great. I care about you. Here's what's been going on. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about what I'm going through and what I'm feeling for you. Finally, we couldn't stand it any longer. We decided to stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. In other words, we couldn't come. We wanted to, but we want to find out what's going on. So we sent Timothy to visit you. He's our brother, God's co-weaker in proclaiming the good news of Christ, we sent him to strengthen you, encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Now, that isn't something we like to hear, is it? You're going through troubles. What's the big deal? You knew you would, right? Oh, okay. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That's why when I could bear it no longer, when I couldn't, I didn't know what's going on. I cared about you. I didn't understand it. I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. I was just afraid. So notice what he does. He sends Timothy to do three things. Now, he, he put him in there. He said, first of all, I want you to strengthen them. I want you, Timothy, to help them stay strong. Timothy, I want you to go to them, and their faith has gotten kind of weak. Strengthen it. Help them know they can stand. Be strong. It's hard to serve God when you're a wimp. You have to have strength for what you're going to go through, what you're dealing with. Timothy, strengthen these people. They're they're wearing out. They're getting exhausted. Things have been going on. Go there and help them. Timothy, I want you to stimulate them. I want you to encourage them in the faith. I I want you to not let them get discouraged. One of the big battles that we face, and now in the times we live in, it's, it's another big battle still going on, is we tend sometimes to get discouraged. Life goes on, it just keeps going, it just keeps going, and we lose courage. That's what discouragement is. You lose courage. And Paul says, Timothy, I want you to encourage. I want you to not let them get down because when you get discouraged and you make decisions, you don't make good decisions. When you get discouraged, you get tired and you lose strength. So Timothy, strengthen them. Encourage them. Help them to know they're going to get through this. Help them to know that 
This isn't a surprise. Help them to know that they haven't done anything wrong. That, that Remember last week we talked about how, hey, because of your faith, you're going to get persecuted sometimes. Timothy, let them know that that's okay and they're going to make it. Be a cheerleader for them. Encourage them. And Timothy, support them. Let them know they're not alone. And what he says is, I want to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you're going through. Life is full of troubles, full of problems, full of issues. Those problems should not shake our faith. But they do, don't they? We begin to question things. Well, this happened. This person did this. This took place. And we begin to allow our faith to weaken. And so he says, look, Timothy, I'm sending you there. Here's your job description. Here's what you need to do. I want you to go to these people. I want you to strengthen them, build them up, give them God's Word. Let them know they can stand and encourage them to keep going. Don't let them. And Timothy, let them know we're here for you. Paul's writing to them, I I care about you. I want to know what's going on. I want to help you. And so keep this going on. Because Paul was afraid that they had forgotten his warning. What's his warning? You're going to go through hard times. Now, you know, that's not something you like to keep reminding people of, is it? But I find myself at times in a place where you have to keep telling me, look, okay, you know, and... (laughs) You know, standing out in the lobby talking to people, Pastor, this is hard. And? What, where did we come up with the idea that Christianity is not difficult? There is a war that is going on, and we're involved in a conflict. And Paul says, look, I'm telling you the truth. This is going to be happening. Now, see, what we do today is, don't tell me any bad things. Just tell me good things. Well, the problem with that, there are a lot of good things, but it's not all good things. There's hard things you and I have to endure. And what he was afraid of, the tempter has gotten the best of you. Where do the troubles come from? The tempter, Satan. He is going to do everything he can to discourage you, to discredit you, to get you to get your eyes in the wrong place, to develop wrong attitudes, to feel like you can't go on. He's going to do everything he can to wean you away from God and who he is and what he's done for you, and don't let him get the best of you. That's why Paul writes, here's the armor. You've got to put it on. Here's what you have to do. You have to keep fighting. It's coming. I've got to warn you. I've got to tell you. This is happening. Don't let the Satan come in, and he will. Don't let him win. That's the battle. Problems come. Satan, you're not going to win. How does he not win? I am going to stay strong and true to God's Word. Because Paul was afraid that what I've done with you has been worthless. He knows trials, and he was afraid that their struggles were going to cause them to walk away from God, to turn their back on him. You see, we think when problems come, we've done something wrong. But sometimes, more than we care to admit, problems come because we've done something right. Because we're doing what we should. Now, let's be honest. Some problems we cause ourselves. 
We act like we shouldn't act. We say what we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. You can blame Satan on that all you want. The devil made me do it. No, you did it. Now we know the enemy's behind that. But you and I have to understand, struggles come for me doing the right thing. And even when I'm doing everything right, it is not a guarantee that everything's going to be perfect. And somehow we have allowed to creep into our belief system that if I got problems, I'm doing something wrong. That is not always the case. Sometimes it is, but not always. And you and I will have this battle until we get out of this world and into the next. The place you're looking for is heaven, where everything's perfect. We're not there yet. There's still a battle to be fought. And they come into our, these struggles come into our lives, and we have to do that. And the tempter does all kinds of things to get us off track. I've, I've put down a few. We're tempted to substitute error for truth. Well, I thought this, and, and we see the truth, and we sometimes believe things we shouldn't be believing, and we make a substitution. And when you're not believing truth, you set yourself up for failure and for hurt and for pain, don't you? Well, I thought it was that way. That's not what Scripture says. That's not how God works. We tend to substitute selfishness for sacrifice. Sacrifice is not a great word that we like using a lot. It's not something we always like to do. And yet the heart of Christianity is for me to lay down my life for God. And so we begin to get very selfish. And I don't want to have to have it hard. I don't think I should have to do without. And we tempted to substitute knowledge for wisdom. You see, well, I know God's Word. I know this. I know this. I know this. Okay, you can know it all, but do you apply it like you should? Do you put it into practice? It's one thing to be smart. It's another thing to be wise. And if you've got a choice, choose wisdom every time. Smart just knows a lot of stuff. In fact, all of us think we know more than what we really do. Wisdom says, okay, I know something, but I also know how to apply it in my life and put it into practice. We tend to substitute feelings for facts. Well, I just feel like feelings are real, but they'll get you in trouble. So I have to understand my feelings don't always tell me good information. The feeling of feeling sorry for myself, the feeling like I'm not going to make it, that is not factual according to God's Word. We tend to substitute the temporal for the eternal. We don't get our reward here. It's in eternity. We don't get everything we'd like to have here, but we do get it later. And we tend to be a people who live for the moment rather than the years. And we tend to look at that temporal things rather than the eternal things. Everything in this world, Bible tells us, will pass away. What we do for God lasts forever. And we tend to substitute the flesh for the spirit. There's a lot of people that say God told me when in reality it was not God, it was you. And so we tend to do all those things. And Paul understood this. 
And so he recognized these people are going through this hard time and here's their tendencies and here's what they'll tend to do. We've got to be careful. Peter writes about this. He says in 1 Peter 4.12, don't be surprised at the fiery troubles you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. Now, (laughs) the suffering here, by and large, you and I do not suffer like this. Now, there are people in other countries who are suffering because of the gospel and their stand for Jesus Christ. And that's what these people were going through. They were standing for God, and they were suffering because of it. Suffering is not, well, you know, I got a little hangnail. I'm suffering for Jesus. No, you're just suffering. That's just life. It's that suffering. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it met terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and you were beaten and sometimes you, were, you helped others who were suffering the same things and you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail when all you owned was taken away from you. You accepted it with joy. You knew that there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward that it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. In America, that is not a popular passage. But the Bible is very clear. Paul's writing is very clear. Peter, James, all of them, look, you're going through a hard time. Okay, we're, we're not denying that. But that doesn't deny what Jesus Christ has done, and it doesn't give you an out for serving Him. And if things get hard and you start to bail, your faith is questionable. So, He, he, he just tells them. He let, lets them know that suffering for Christ is normal and it's to be expected. Then, Paul's cheer. Paul's cheer. Notice what he says. But now, Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy, and that you want to see us again as much as we want to see you. Now, that's good news because nothing would be worse for Paul than to say, look, we don't want him back here. He gave us a message. We tried to follow it. It did nothing but bring problems into our life. I I need to get a new preacher. I need to get someone else I'm listening to. This guy just tells us things that are bad. I want to have somebody tell me what I want to hear. End times. So we've been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you because of you, we have great joy as we enter into God's presence. You see, Paul takes joy in other people's lives. 
He's joyful that they're serving God. He's joyful that they're enduring. He's not happy that they're going through problems, but he has great joy. And wow, these people, we taught them. They heard it. They've went through the persecution. They're remaining faithful. How great is that? Some of the greatest joy in life should be the joy you take in other people's victories. You receive joy from the spiritual progress of others. The Bible says rejoice with others. Put yourself on the line with others. And Paul drew his strength from the victory of these people. He cared about them. He loved them. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what's good. Now see, if you're loving others, you've got to understand, you've got to take the good with the bad, don't you? In everybody's life, there's some things that are wrong. In some people's life, there's a lot of things that are wrong. So, okay, I don't don't have to... I can hate what they do, but I still got to love them. Hold tightly to what's good. Look at the positive. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in putting people before yourself. Not me first, you first. Never be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality and bless those who persecute you. (laughs) Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Now that goes against everything we like that when somebody does something against me, I ask God to bless them. It's called forgiveness. It's called the heart of letting God take care of things. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. So Paul writes to these people and says, man, Timothy just got back. He told me some great news. You guys are doing well. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know you're confused, and he's going to start answering some of those questions here in a few more verses and chapters and start dealing with some of the stuff they're confused with. A lot of it has to do with end times. But he's happy that, okay, things are going well. You're making it. You're staying firm and faithful. Then Paul's care. Paul's care. Notice what he says. Night and day. We pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. Your faith's not perfect, but we want to help it. May God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ bring you to us soon, bring us to you soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. In the midst of dealing with your struggles, make sure you stay connected to people. And that's what he's telling them here. Keep loving each other. Keep loving everybody. Just don't hold up because you're going through a hard time. Don't isolate yourself. 
May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, holy, as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes again with all his holy people. Amen. So Paul says, look, you're doing great. And he says, I want to see you again so I can help you. I I want to come again because we need to do some things. So there's three things we're going to look at here before we go tonight. Help them with their faith. I want to fill in the gaps. Your faith is not where it needs to be. I want to fill in the gaps. Will you listen to me? I want to supply what's lacking in your faith. Now, faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. The problem is, (laughs) we don't like to exercise. We especially don't like to exercise our faith. Why is that? Because faith always puts us on the edge, doesn't it? Faith always makes us take steps in places we're uncertain. Because faith doesn't have the whole picture. Faith doesn't understand everything. And so you have to take steps into what you believe God is leading you to do. And God says, look, I want to build your faith, so I'm going to test it. I don't want to destroy it. I want to develop it. I want your faith to grow. If you don't use faith, your faith diminishes. So faith that cannot be tested can't be trusted. And I come to that place where I, like Paul, like the people in Thessalonica, understand, look, faith has to keep working. You can't be in a place where you always do just everything you know, where you're always 100% certain, I can do this. Faith causes you to go to places you're uncertain about. What you're certain of is God's with me, and I believe He's leading me, And what I'm doing is in accordance with the way he's directing my life. And Paul says, look, I want to help you with this. I I want you to be people of great faith. The struggles you're going through will help your faith grow. Let it grow. Oh, God, increase my faith. How does he do that? Puts you in a workout. You got to exercise. The troubles come, the trials come. Are you going to remain faithful in the midst of it all. He wants to help them with their love. Notice verse 12. He says, look, I want your love for one another, for all people, to grow and overflow. I want love to increase. About the time you think you couldn't love somebody more, you can And so the battle of life is not to be self-centered because love means at the heart of it, you think of others more than yourself. You love them with a love that is willing to give and to sacrifice and to put them before you. And so you and I come to that place that we grow in faith, which helps us grow in love And if you're going to grow as a Christian, your faith has to grow, your love has to grow. Because our love isn't perfect yet, is it? So it needs to keep improving, right? And it needs to keep to be growing and becoming better and stronger. And and true love, 
What happens in relationships? Let's take a marriage. Couples split when things get hard. But those hard times going through them deepens love. It's the difficult times that makes your love greater. It's easy to love somebody when everything's right, isn't it? You know, you love that little baby until they start crying all the time and doing stuff you don't want them to do. And then love is kind of at the edge, isn't it? And you love somebody when everything's going well. Oh, we're perfect. We never argue. Well, first of all, you're lying. Second, second of all, then you don't have much love because love goes through the difficult times and stays true. Fake love disappears in hard times. Fake love causes you to withdraw when things get hard rather than to push in and to increase it and to keep loving even when things aren't going your way and things aren't happening like you want it to. You keep loving people. You don't try to get even. You don't try to settle a score. You don't try to prove a point. You just keep loving people. And so he says, look, I want to help you in your faith. I want to fill in the gaps. I want your faith to keep growing. I want it to be strong. And I want to help you in your love. I want you to learn how to love other people more and more and more. I want you to keep loving them. I want the love to be so great it just overflows. Christians are loving people. Love is what identifies us as God's people. God is love. So that is who we should be as well. And then he says, I want to help them with your hope. Your hope. I want to make your heart strong, he says. I want to make them blameless. I want to make them holy. You see, the return of Christ motivates us to live a holy life. And it brings stability to our lives. When I have hope, I can endure now, faith, hope, and love, it's the big three. We all know that, right? And I've said this before, but let me just reemphasize it again real quickly. Hope gives faith and love energy, fuel. See, you can keep loving in the midst of the hard times when you got hope at the end of it, can't you? You can keep having faith and growing and taking it when you got hope at the end of it. And so hope is that which God says, this is what I want. Because with hope, I look forward to standing before God blameless because of what Jesus Christ has done, because of my faith in Him, because of my love for Him, because of my love for others. I've got hope when I get to the end. I will make my heart strong. i got something to look forward to. This isn't all there is. God's going to be faithful. He's going to get me through this. I'm going to make it. I'm going to come out of this better than what I was before. I, I, I am going to endure. God's going to take care of me. And one day, I'll stand before Him, and I will receive well done. And that brings confidence in life. So these become critical elements of who we are and what we do and our walk with God. And that's what Paul said, look, I want to do this for you. I want to make sure these things are right because they're critical in your relationship and in your walk with God. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory.
We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. We know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Wow. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. So, whatever trials you may be going through, whatever difficulties you may be facing, as we all go through a difficult time in our world, we still have faith that God is going to be faithful, and I can trust Him, and He will take care of me. And in the midst of it all, I'm not going to allow myself to turn inward. I want to keep loving people, caring for people, reaching people. And I got hope that God is going to be faithful in this and see us through it. And one day, I'll be with Him forever. That's worth living for. That's life. That's what makes it great. Let's pray. Lord, tonight, we see how much Paul really cared and loved these people. How he writes to them, these folks going through some really hard times, a little confused by it little upset by it. He writes to them and says, look, I'm so glad to hear you're still going on. I want to help you in your faith. Faith will get you through this. Faith in God is what you need in the midst of this. And I want your love as you go through this time to keep loving. Don't retreat. Don't give up because things are hard. Keep loving God and loving people. And don't lose hope. God will be faithful, and He will help you, and He will provide for you. May all of us live with that, and may that help us and guide us in the life that we have today. Help us to keep being faithful to you. We thank you for the encouragement that that gives to us and the strength that we have in and through it all. We go to live in that manner. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.